Hey guys, welcome to the Swap Motor Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. I'm Don Maeda and I'm joined today by my pal Malcolm Stewart of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team and big, uh, big factory rider these days. That's right. And we just got home from uh, Houston and uh, I think you did really well there. You know, you're in the top 10 every race and uh, very close with that opening round fifth. Yeah, no, I mean, I would just uh, talk about the first round. Um, you know, I was kind of nervous, you know, just because, you know, for one, it's, it's different. You're not going into H, you know, A1, everybody's like looking for the H1. And it, so the whole opening round was completely different for us. But mm -hmm. I was just kind of nervous because like, man, it's, you know, we the off season for me was a pretty quick turnaround. Like I got the ride basically like November 1st is when I started riding. It was really only two months and it's saved just to kind of get things going. And then mm -hmm. boom, you know, we're out here getting ready. So, you know, you always had that, you know, little factor like, man, do we, you know, do we do enough testing this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, once we went out and racing and uh, I felt like everything was great, you know, um, I was more concerned of like putting the bike, you know, in racing condition. Cause yeah, you know, you're out in California, the test tracks are getting mm -hmm. blown away at before noon and, you know, you're just kind of just doing your motos, but putting it under race conditions from especially that's what kind of made me a little nervous because going from like, you know, west to east, you know, we, you know, in California, you don't, there's no really no tracks that are kind of like east coast dirt, you know, where it's choppy and stuff. So I was more a little nervous like that, but man, it, it turned out everything was, you know, was great. And I've been, I've been happy uh, since then. Like everything has been going really, really good for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gotta ask this. So back in the day, big brother got on the, on the Yamaha. Mm -hmm and struggled with it right obviously i was two two three generations older <clears throat> but there have been so many guys that have been successful in the 250 yamaha and come to the 450 and struggle a bit right how did you adapt to the bike and what's your impression of the thing overall and why did people i just think um you know from from whenever james is racing it to now uh i just think the r d development is you know tremendous you know everybody knows like you know, each 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 brand bikes are getting better and better, and I think Yamaha was kind of like the one that wasn't wasn't there. The next, you know, bam, you know, and of course with the whole Star Racing Yamaha team taking over the 450 thing, and mm -hmm. they've been successful in the 250, you know, class for you know at least a long time now. So I think they had to kind of couple ideas, and they just trying to transfer that for the 450. And you know, look at us, you know, every single one of us are you know sitting in the top 10, uh, you know almost, I would say first or second round. So mm -hmm. for us, I think it's a, it's a really good ballpark and new in new faces. And sometimes, you know, you get teams that are kind of stuck in their old ways, but you know, these guys are young, they're hungry and you know, they know how to win championship because they came from the 250 side and it, it all is just forward over to the 450 side. So for us, I think it's a, it's a great first year for the whole team and myself to, to be on a part of the program. So I'm, um, I'm really happy about how everything's going. And then, uh, because you trained with Swanee last year, you're around all the same guys already. Though you're on a different team, you're not a, you're not around a whole different group of guys. It's guys you've been around. Yeah, I mean, as far as the riders and stuff, I mean, it's the same exact group. Um, you know, of course, some of the different faces, are as far as like suspension guys and motor guys and stuff that, you mm -hmm. know, I wasn't necessarily around. I was more around the riders, you know, aspect. But the team, yeah, like, I would come over and say, hey, you know, I'm a, you know, I have a few people that mechanics or whatever that was you know that might have been working with geico or a different brand a company that was there and, and i was at the same time so um you know as far as that 
you know, a few mechanics, but familiar faces. But um, just, you know, with the suspension guys, motor guys and stuff like that, more deeper in the field in the star racing mm -hmm. all team, I didn't really know. But the riders are, you know, you know, riders yeah. are riders. You know, we all switch teams. You know, we have had switch teams before or just in amateur racing growing up or whatever. So um, it's cool to see the that I'm actually on the team and, and to get the experience that, you know, for myself and, and you know, this time I always heard like, yeah, you know, when I was there, they were talking about, you know, their bike and stuff, but now I'm on the team. It's like, I'm officially part of the program. So it was like that missing link that, you know, just wasn't there. And now that I'm on the team, it, it's, it's been, it's been great, man. Like working with Swanepoel and, and just even having more time to spend with the, the actual riders, you know, because, you know, the previous years I would see the riders maybe, you know, at, at the time, you know, a milestone and maybe on a Thursday and then, you know, ride with them just one day and then go see them at the gym. But I actually never really got to spend time with them. Like, you know, me and Aaron and, you know, Justin Cooper, Colt Nichols, Christian Craig, we're all riding together every day. So, mm -hmm. and the challenge and the, you know, you can feel the vibe, like, you know, start kind of, <laughs> it starts going up because at the end of the day, like everybody wants to be, you know, at least number one that day. So, yeah. It's kind of cool because everybody exchanges off each and every day. You know, somebody has the highs and the lows, but I think that's what makes, you know, um, us about like who we are. And that's what putting us in a better position and it's showing in a racing now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Getting back to the bike question though, when you first got on the YZ4VDF, what were your initial thoughts about it and how much have you changed it? Um, my initial thought was loud. Yeah. Um, I mean, I rode Yamaha's in 2010, but I, I don't really remember it being that loud. I mean, of course it's, you know, it's still the same. It's in the same spot, but, uh, I was like, man, I, I might need to run earplugs. And I was telling my dad about it, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, nothing really like nothing uh, nothing crazy changes you know maybe a couple um, you know suspension stiffening it up here and there and um, but motor wise I mean the bikes everybody knows like Yamaha's fastest motorcycle is out so mm -hmm. um, other than that really nothing too crazy nothing that I would be like major major change I, like I said I was more surprised when I first jumped on the bike and I was like man this is this is amazing um, just little things, maybe like a little seat and something like that, but mm -hmm. nothing. I mean, as far as if you can go buy the bike and just slap some plastic on it and, you know, do a little bit of suspension, you're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, you brought your guy, uh, Jason Montoya, with you. Um, was Rango coming with you part of your negotiation? Yeah, no, bringing my mechanic was always uh, part of the negotiation. I mean, of course, he's been with me for, you know, several seasons now. And I like him, you know, he's a hard worker. Uh, we have a, a really good relationship. So if that option, if that window's there to take him, uh, you know, I, he, I'm always the first one to vouch for him. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's, it can be a little, you know, of a rough, but, you know, what if he isn't my race mechanic, he's always going to at least be my practice mechanic or be there, you know what I mean? Yeah. There, Like he's going to be something, you know, and uh, that's just, you know, just the mutual respect, you know, he's always doing, he stick his neck out for me, what anything about that motorcycle or just helping me and out just in general. Cause you know, at the end of the day, I, I look at him like he's like that big brother, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we spend time together, you know, we stay together and stuff. So again, if you're, you're, you know, he's not only just a mechanic, he's at the house, we, we hang out all day together. So he's mm -hmm. like a, just a general friend to me. So to lose him would be like, that's, you know, it's like losing, you know, it's a part of me that I, I would lose. Yeah. So that's why I always vouch for him. Did he say anything uh, in particular about working on a Yamaha? Is it something way different? 
No, I mean, he likes challenges. He's excited. Um, you know, for him, I think he was just more like, you know, I'm, I want to have this change and I'm ready for it. I'm like, yeah, you better be ready because I said that we don't know what we're going to be facing. So, and I told yeah. I said, I, I finally, uh, I got the word from Bobby and um, I told, I called him right then after. I said, uh, I said, you better start packing your bags. <laughs> I said, we might be in California in two days from now. So yeah. it was, uh, it was awesome. You know, just the, the whole feeling and, and, it was more like that excited, nervous feeling because they're like, man, we've been dreaming for this since I got on the 450 mm -hmm. side. And I know for him as well. So he's like, dude, like, let's do it. And, you know, we made it happen and so far. You know, we've been having a great, you know, three races. Mm -hmm. Isn't it kind of funny to think back that like you won a 250 Supercross championship and you're a privateer the next year. That just seems so inconceivable, like so wrong. Yeah, I mean, of course, I definitely felt like if somebody else was in that situation, they would probably got hired. Um, still to this day, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, even the guy that could get second can get hired or, yeah, it, that, that, like I said, something was off. I don't know why. Um, and I mean, I reached out to several teams still. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, you know, you don't always get to hear, oh, we'll call you back, we'll call you back. I never got a call back. And, you know, sure enough, it's November's here and we're like, we're not doing anything. We're sitting on the couch. We're like, man, I guess we probably should start, you know, creating our own team. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was a stressful year. You know, the, I was kind of just more not in my own place. I wasn't, you know, trying to be a team manager and rider. And you yeah, that was a hectic year. It was a hectic year. You know, I think that was a that was probably like the worst opening for a 450 rookie for for me that anybody can have. I think anybody that was put in that same situation and you know, from going from up here in the championship to just going to not just only privateer, but you're like trying to do it your own, you know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. you're, you went up here and you know the expectations and then next thing you know, you're just like on the rock bottom, like, and you're like, how, how can I be here? And I didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I did everything that I could do right. I was supposed to win the championship. I did. I won races. I did. I beat everybody else that everybody finished behind me. So how can you still come up with a loss? Mm -hmm. And that still didn't, that, that kind of sunk in and now I was, man, I was all over the place. Like I said, 2017, I was like, if I have to go through this again, I quit straight yeah. up. I was like, I was done. And I think it was just a, you know, you, you go through these phases in life and it, like I said, you're just not, I would show up on the gate, but it wasn't, it wouldn't be, you know, if you would love being at the race and everything about it, but once that 20 minutes was over with, that's when reality set in of like how devastating, you know, and how much work it really was to like try to make this work, you know, and mm -hmm. that's, that's where it kind of like sunk in and just doing that every single weekend. I think I was just kind of like, you know, over it. So, yeah. um, I mean, I held my composure. I had fun, like with the team and everything and the whole ride 365, like I had a great time. Mm -hmm. Those, I mean, if it wasn't for those guys, with their you know positive attitude i probably would have i probably would have quit racing honestly mm -hmm. you didn't like breaking down that tent <laughs> <laughs> no i definitely didn't you know so again it's uh i'm in a obviously way better place now of course and i think that if anything i think it made me stronger believe, yeah. you know about believing in yourself because um you know my dad was you know he was uh, he watched you know he watched the whole thing unfold on me and uh mm -hmm. You know, he just kept telling me, and he goes, look, I know you're not you're not having fun. And, and it wasn't just my dad, you know, Roger Larson, he was there. I mean, I had a lot of people that were in my corner, but it's a lot different when it's happening to you. You know what yeah. I mean? All eyes are looking at you. You know, your expectations has gone out the window. You got, you know, several people, you know, thousands and thousands of people 
you know, scene, you'd be like, man, what's going on with Malcolm? What's going on with Malcolm? And mm -hmm. little did they know, it's just, you know, what has happened too. So um, I think that made me stronger. And then, you know, like I said, going into 2018 and we had an okay year. And then 19, we started out a great year, but then we got hurt really quick. And then, you know, uh, 20, we backed it up. It was a mm -hmm. really good, nice, clean year. And now here we are, 2021. Yeah, cool. Hey, Malcolm, we're gonna take a quick break there from our sponsors. We'll be back for more with uh, Mookie. Hey guys, welcome back to the Swap Moto Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. I'm joined by Malcolm Stewart today. Um, so before uh, I met you here to do the show, I put on my Instagram, I was like, hey, fan questions, filming with Mookie today. You guys have anything you want me to ask him? So we'll take like three or four, All okay? Right. They're always a little bit fun. <clears throat> so uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Bridget Sherman says, seriously, are you ever concerned about your hair getting caught in the chain of sprockets during a big pileup? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, I'm always concerned about that, but I think if it did, I, my helmet's so tight on my head that I think if it, if it did, it just might just cut the ends off. Cut them off. I don't think it would actually rip from my scalp off. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but it's, it's, it, it can happen. <laughs> okay, so I remember when you first did the dreads, right? Mm -hmm. They were woven in. But now yeah. it's yours, right? You, yeah. You've been growing It's so been long. mine for at least seven years now. Yeah, because when I, I first did it, when I very first did it, and, it's, and a lot of, you know, black people do this, is 
they don't want to start out with the little twisties. They always, you know, <laughs> go in and they extend their hair. They go buy hair. And it, it, that the bad part is, is going to buy hair is actually not as like good quality hair is actually expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I just bought it and I just, as it grows, it, and it actually made it easier on me. So by the time like three years is long enough and I just started parting it out and left it, it was, it, it was to a point where you never even noticed the difference. Yeah. Okay. So I remember, you, didn't you used to wear a medium helmet? Yeah. I used to be a medium and I went to an XL. Yeah. <laughs> Still an XL to this day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is kind of an ignorant question, but King Tim says, uh, Hey, what's up with your gear? You're the only one on star, not running Thor, Bell, A-Stars, et cetera. But I mean, 450 guys, you can make your own deals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any um, anybody that's in a 450 class, uh, except for Rocky Mountain BTO, like, uh, could run your own gear. I know Rocky Mountain BTO is, is Steady Fly sponsored, but majority of the sponsors, if you're a 450 guy, you get to run your own sponsors. AP ran his gear because... You know, he was a 250 guy on that mm-hmm. Thor, and then Thor just, you know, carried it over for him. But, I mean, same thing with Dylan Ferrandez. Um, yeah, me, it's just, it was, you can just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So they're not, they're not, even those guys are not, they don't have to run that. They can do whatever they want. So I'm sure they'll probably switch next year or whatever. Yeah. Um, the seven gear, you know, the the compression and mm-hmm. all that. I thought that the Thor stuff that the 250 guys wore looked like seven gear kind of at the opener. Yeah, I mean, of course, with seven, we come at, we created that, you know, the whole compression look. I mean, wow, years. I mean, at least five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when it first happened, a lot of teams, you know, or, not, or a lot of sponsors like, man, that's, that's pretty dope. And it took them like, what, three years to try to figure it out. And <laughs> still to this day, they, they, nobody is, is close, so they've gotten close. But um, anybody who wears and knows anything about Moto and you see these, you know, these uh, gear companies that have like the look of it, you mm-hmm. already know it's a copy of Seven, so. Mm-hmm. We're first. We won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, guy named Dylan says, uh, do you feel the pressure of having James as your big brother? Is there like things you have to live up to? No. Uh, I mean, we're two different people. Um, of course, you know, for me, uh, I didn't really take dirt bikes that serious. You know, he was always a serious guy. Uh, so I would say I, I was always in a late start, but at the same time, like I put myself in that situation. So for me, I guess it's not really a, uh, you know, I guess, you know, pressure or anything. Like the number one thing that I wanted to do is is at least win a championship once I become pro. Mm-hmm. And I did it in a 250 class, of course, still trying to do it in a 450 class. But man, it's uh, it's tough out there, but it's not a, it's not a pressure thing for me. It's not like I needed, wanted to go 24 and 0 in outdoors. I mean, again, it's, we're two totally different people. I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, kind of fill my own shoes and, you know, try to accomplish the goals that I know I can accomplish. Yeah. You guys have always been your own separate personalities, right? Yeah. It's just funny that, you know, you guys are brothers and you're so different than James. I mean, on the track and yeah pits, i like, mean night and day completely night and day different you know um i think like i said for james he was just more you know more strict and and you know at the time 
you know, that's just the area that, you know, how he was growing up and, you know, with my dad and stuff. And with me, I was more hanging out with my mom. So I'm a mama's boy. I was straight upset. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was just always more relaxed and chilled because to me, when I went to the races, what if I got first or, you know, 40th in the amateur class? It didn't make a difference. I just went home, you know, mm -hmm. where it was him. And he was like, he had to win. Yeah. You know, it was it was more um, different. And that's just that's just the personality. And that's that's just the way it was, you know, with school and the whole nine yards. So, um, of course, still to this day, I always be my brother's number one fan, biggest fan. Uh, but again, it's you know, we're told two totally different people. Mm. Hey, how old are you now? Twenty eight. I almost said 27, but yeah, I'm getting old. That's your number. <laughs> but I, how uh, how long do you want to race? Because like, shoot, you see guys like what's Brayton 38 or something yeah, or 36. 36. Um, I would like to at least go for another five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another solid five years, healthy, and you know, go from there and see see where things are. Um, it really, you know even if you you know each and every year you're just like man if you get a nice clean year like you can you can run like you know a good example of justin brayton you know um still hats off for him getting that third on uh, houston round two and but that excitement right there you know him getting a podium that probably gave him another year or two years you know what i mean like just to be because you he's seeing the success you know as long as he's not putting a load on his on his body and you know i think right now he's still a supercross only potent or rider and doing some overseas um stuff like that i think you know as long as you're not putting your body on a humongous load i think you can you can race you know for a long time as kevin Wendham was another great guy um chad reed was another one that you know i think if if you're just having a really good year and you stay away from the, you know all the you know damage and karma for on your body you can go as long as you want so right now at 28 uh i think there's no question you're in the best physical shape that you've ever been in right so looking back now at like your previous years of your career are you like damn why didn't i train this hard back then no because i felt like you know at the time it was working you know um even 2016 i was winning a championship uh, i felt like i had a you know a, a enough energy to go do 15 laps you know mm -hmm. things were different back then and what it is now we you know i guess i say you know in 2016 you would have told me that i had to go out there and do you know a 15 minute main event or a 20 minute main event i would look at him like yeah okay yeah we're just doing 15 laps like, yeah. no big deal so um i always felt like i had enough energy for whatever i needed but you know it's it's not something that you look back on um I don't ever, I, and that's one thing that I always will say, you know, even last year or two years ago, I never go back and be like, I wish I could have, should have, because that's life. You know, you're, you're, you're old enough to know what you should do and, and mm -hmm. you just live, you know, as long as you do everything the right way and, and you put the amount of effort in, what, what do you have to look back on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How much harder is a 450 Supercross main than a 250 main? Oh, it's way it's way harder. Um, the track. For, yeah, I mean, for one, I guess I'll break it down. Is just like the track is number one thing. Um, you know, you have twenty-two, you know, four hundred cc's, you know, or four fifty cc's, you know, out there. It's uh, mm -hmm. that's one right now. Just the tearing up the track. You know, um, I felt like back then. I want to say it used to be only twenty riders, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's you know adding two more riders on the track. You know, <laughs> it makes a big difference. <laughs> I was gonna say, but uh. You know, of course, uh, it's it's definitely a lot more challenging. And, and there's, you look in a 450 class and you go down and look at that list for at least top 
15 guys, somebody's done something, you know, mm. podium or, or least previous 250 champ or, or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's, it's like you have like maybe three guys that might, you know, could possibly win each and every weekend. But then if it ain't those guys and they're, or they're off, you mm-hmm. have at least 10 of us that could sweep up any moment. Mm-hmm. So um, you just look at the lap times. Like everybody's like, I mean, I come around the lap and I could look at me like, oh, I'm on the board and then come around the next lap and you're 15th and, yeah. you're, and you're a hundredth of a second off. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, how, how is this possible? So it's definitely like F1 racing out there mm-hmm. um, in the 450 class. But, you know, I think it's a lot of us that are similar to speeds, the same speed versus in a 250 class, you have like, you know, maybe three guys, three to five guys, and, yeah. and that's about it. You know, it's not like that in a 450 class because, dude, we're all, you know, we're in a premier classes, you know, from, you, you don't, up from here, anything from up from, from there is you, you're retired or, or you're mm-hmm. done. So um, it's fun. It's exciting because, you know, you line up in the gate and you're like, you know, we all have the same mentality as winning, but man, sometimes it's, it's not there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a battle nonstop. It ain't just go out there and you ride around for 15 minutes and you just cruise through the checkered flag. I mean, dude, there's always somebody that's coming on your butt. I mean, you literally die till the end of the finish line. Mm-hmm. So it's fun though. I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And I think these last, uh, I felt like these last two years, the competition has changed. I think the bikes have gotten better. Um, and I think maybe people are more fitter or, or whatever the case may be. But I felt like the last two years is when things really spike up. And I feel like it's every two years, you know, I feel like every two years, like you get the same riders that go to the same speed for about a year, but then you have that one rider has a big change, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe he goes to a different team or whatever the case may be, he gets something figured out and then boom. So I think this is a year is where everybody's like up here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what trips me out is like during qualifying, right? The times you have like 12 guys in the same second bracket. So when you go out for first session and wherever you're ranked, what's the first thing you think of when you think I need to drop my time? Do you think of a certain section? Do you think of intensity? I mean, for me, it's more like, um, if I if I sat here and say, all right, I need to run a 51 flat, you know, 51 flat is going to put me to the top of the board, right? And I'd be like, okay, well, you have a lot of guys out there just white knuckling it where they're just doing everything they can to get a 51 flat. Or I'm like, well, what can you run consistently for the 20 minutes? So, mm-hmm. so it could be a 51.5, you know, a 51.8, you know, or, or a 52 flat. So I kind of just go out there and really just – do laps and try to get like the flow down more than anything than just, mm-hmm. you know, specifically just doing one lap. Of course, you know, you throw down a couple of heaters and stuff, but you know, in practice, there's so much going on, man. Like there's, you got people out there and I feel like if you also too, like you have to put it down because if you don't, depending on how the track layout is, gate position is a major, major key, mm-hmm. you know? So I felt like last weekend for Houston, the uh, third race, it was a right-hand turn, so you everybody knew it was common sense that nobody's going to go in there wide open because there's no you can't use a rear brake going in the first turn, so it's mm-hmm. all specifically front brake. And uh, it was you know it was a short it was a pretty short um, run you know because the track was behind you this time versus like the previous two Houston two and one was you know had, it was the start was at the end and you know mm-hmm. you had a pretty good run. 
So it was a lot of like tactics where you're like, man, like this weekend we have to get a really good gate pick because if not, if you're on the outside of that box, like you might as well just say you're going to start, you're going to come around the first turn on 15th. It yeah. was like common sense. So um, certain, you kind of have to kind of just, just really play with that. But of course, you know, no matter what you want to, you want to get a good, you know, pole because, you know, just to knock the confidence off for the guy that's, mm -hmm. you know, doing well. But again, it, there's so much tactic that goes into it with the start. I mean, start is the number one, it's 90% of the race. So yeah. it's, it's all definitely a critical. Cool. One more break for the commercials. Uh, we come back and talk about starts. Don't try to be the fastest on the track. Be the fastest ever. Work harder than everyone else. Because dedication is everything. If they say your goals are crazy, be insane. Be fast. Be the crazy one. Be unstoppable. One goal, one vision. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. What's up guys, it's Brock Tickle. I ride for the JGR Yoshimura Factory Suzuki Racing Team and I'm stoked to be back at the races. Planning my comeback to racing was cool to see. I have a lot of support behind me to, to get me here. FXR stepped up and invested in me, and I'm stoked to be part of them. FXR um, honestly kind of blew me away. All the product is awesome. The pants fit me awesome. The best fitting pant I've ever worn, and everything's supplemented, and it looks good. adventures on hold but now is the perfect time to prepare for their return amsoil has your back with fast free shipping and ordering has never been easier just look up your vehicle select your product add an oil change to your cart and check out spend $50 on amsoil products and shipping is on us order now at amsoil.com
Hey guys, welcome back to the Swap Motor Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. Here with uh, Malcolm Stewart. And uh, I thought your starts were getting better, but you said no. I mean, I guess I would say the starts have slowly gotten a little bit better. I think a lot has, it's just me, you know what I mean? It ain't got nothing to do with the motorcycles a lot. I, I think it's more like be staring at the gate too long or you blink or whatever. I mean, I make it work in the first turn, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of chances, you know, yeah. I take. I mean, the GoPro footage, don't lie. I mean, I can sit there, you can see the gates on the ground and I'm like, I guess I'll race tonight. <laughs> like, it's like stupid stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, I get so mad at myself because I hype myself. I'm like, all right, that's it. You're getting, I was like, this is, this is it. This is it. And I'm just like, don't blink. And then, you know, whatever happens. So um, I think that the reason why I'm still able to get up in there is because I got a good bike. And yeah. I, I, once I, the gate's on the ground, I decided I actually want to get to the first turn decent. I, I, I'm able to make it work. So, um yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely uh, getting better at my starts, but yeah, I just need to figure it out. Well, make I'll it say even you more come easier. through on the first lap better. Overall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back and look, it's definitely uh, you, you're definitely seeing a, like a half a bike link going down that straightaway. <laughs> so uh, I need to figure it out. I definitely got to figure it out. But we've been working really hard trying to trying to make it work. But you know, we got to work harder. Yeah, is it a reflex thing or is it a size thing because i mean the bike's so powerful it doesn't matter that you're larger than some guy no it's definitely not um it's definitely like i said it's definitely not the bike it's more like just me not doing it i mean in a start there's so much that happens that's that makes a start you know mm -hmm. it's not just you know thump the clutch and you go i mean you gotta really make sure your body position you gotta lock yourself in the head's gotta go right you gotta slip the clutch to going out and if it's you know um of course, you know, that's why a lot of riders be pacing back and forth on the gate because some of the gates are pretty chewed out. Some are like, you know, mm -hmm. have a rut. They're like a snake or they have them like, you know, like almost like a whoop pad. And the ones that are like a whoop pad, you really got to be careful on because, you know, you can get out of the gate and you, you have to slip the clutch and make sure, you know, the power is driving or if not, you thump the clutch and knock the, you know, the whole shot device out and, you, you know, you're in the back. So um, <laughs> there's a lot that goes in that plays into a start. And I just think that I'm just, I've put myself in a great position to make amazing starts. It's just sometimes I'm just sleeping on the gate. So if you whole shot a main event, would it just be lights out for everyone else? I, I would just put it. I just put the hammer down. I mean, I try to put the hammer down no matter what. Um, like I said, even if I do get a bad start, I make some passes and stuff to put myself in a great position. But, you know, again, again you know, we're, everybody's so close and it's mm -hmm. so hard. I mean, everybody's literally going wide open the first you know, I would say at least 15 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's going wide open for the whole 20 minutes, but I would say the first least 12 minutes is when, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty hectic. That's why heat races are so critical because, mm -hmm. you know, anybody, everybody can run uh, on the heat race six minutes wide open. Plus the track's a little bit easier. It's not as chewed up mm -hmm. depending on the heat, heat one or heat two, of course, you know, or what, you know, how the track conditions are, but it definitely makes things a lot more harder. So I think uh, that's why the start's so critical, but we're, we're making it work though. Nice. All right, you have some uh, new sponsors or new, new uh, people on your team, GoPro being one of them. So uh, that's a personal deal though, right? It's not a star racing deal. No, the, the, the GoPro um, sponsorship came up, uh, I would say, uh, 
we've been kind of talking a little bit about it, like, you know, mid-December, and then, you know, we finally made it work, and, and then as well as the, um, the Abu Garcia fishing one, yeah. uh, we've been talking about that one for a little bit now, um, for about a, at least, you know, a couple months, and it was kind of just up in the air, and then next you know it, you know, we really sealed the deal, and, and those guys are super pumped about it, and I think they were just more excited about it because, you know, they wanted an athlete, you know, outside of fishing mm -hmm. that was in the fishing. Yeah. And my name came up and <laughs> you yeah, I, I think I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, you, this is your guy. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 you can't get a better guy than this. So um, it was, this is, like I said, it's, it's an awesome sponsorship for both sponsorships. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always like played around with GoPros and things like that. And, and then, you know, with fishing, that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing all summer. I mean, there's you on my Instagram and you always see me holding up a fish or a bass mm -hmm. or anything that's you know anything that's out outdoors so i'm definitely i'm excited about both sponsorships so uh from what i understand it's abu garcia right mm -hmm. that's like a staple that's like your first bike being a schwinn right everyone has abu garcia real rod and reel oh yeah no it, i mean honestly for me uh i got nothing but abu garcia stuff uh anyway so yeah from, so when the sponsorship came out and they're like, you know, what do you think about Abu Garcia? I'm like, I might have a meltdown. <laughs> so I'm just like, no way. So wait, Roger told me they slid into your DMs or something, right? Yeah. So it was kind of like, a, it was through like a, through a fan of a, of a uh, like I say, third party. And he goes, hey, I got this um, sponsorship that wants to, um, you know, talk with you. And I was like, oh, really? Who? And then, you know, he... He didn't want to tell me the name. He goes, look, I'm just going to have the guy call you. And um, the guy called me and it was like, he goes, hey, you know, I'm such and such with Abby Garcia. And I'm like, looked at the phone. I was like, oh, <laughs> who is it again? And I was like, no way. And I was all, I was super pumped about it. Like, again, I was, I was more, um, more excited because it's an outside sponsorship, you yeah. know, and it's something that I'm into. So between the GoPro sponsorship and the Abu Garcia, and I'm like, I do both of them. I mean, a lot of those fishing photos that I, I've posted is on the GoPro. So mm -hmm. I'm always running around with the GoPro footage, um, just, you know, messing around. Of course, you've seen this, a few of the ones that meet wakeboarding on a GoPro mm -hmm. or doing stuff. And so between, like I said, fishing and Abu Garcia, uh, I mean, Abu Garcia and GoPro, I think those are two great um, sponsorships that for 2021. And, you know, we're gonna continue to keep running this for years now. Cool. And then the one thing that's uh, kind of funny is <laughs> you don't eat fish. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> eat fish. Uh, a lot of people will ask me, uh, I used to eat fish sticks <laughs> back in the day. I was thinking the Gordons or whatever, but uh, no, nah, I think it's a mental block. I mean, I have a fish tank, you know what I mean? I got a nice, cool little saltwater fish tank and I mean, I love everything about fish, but for some reason, I just can't, I can't eat a fish. I mean, I tried, I tried, I tried and, you know, fried it, you know, or, you know, whatever, baked it, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, grilled, it don't matter. It's still just, I don't know. I think it's, a, I think I just don't want to see them dead. I, I think so you just they're. like ripping them They lips. got feelings. Fish got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I could, I could <laughs> literally catch a fish and bring it to my mom, but I, I don't like a fish that's gonna get caught and just sit in the freezer for you know six months. Like he didn't deserve to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, last question because we're running out of time. But uh, so it's you, Aaron Plessinger, Dylan Ferrandez, right? Three of you guys seem to get along, even though Dylan kind of does his own thing or everything. But 
Is there a race, kind of unspoken race, to see who's going to get the win first? No, um, I think you know a lot. Believe it or not, like you know me, Dylan, and um, or me, Dylan, and AP. You know, we actually have a really cool relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Like I got to know Dylan more being on this team now than you know I've ever had. Yeah. But Dylan's actually even though he kind of does his own thing, but like, man, like we actually have a lot of great conversations, you know, at the, mm -hmm. at the, you know, at the track and stuff like that, because, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, you know, we're all teammates, but we all want to, you know, not say beat each other, but beat other teams, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the team that we're on is everybody was like, it's a new team, new development. So if anything, that anytime that we're out there and we're doing better than other teams, it makes all of us look good. So, um, I think it's it's definitely not a talked about like you know who wants to win first. I mean, of course, Dylan set the pole getting second, um, mm -hmm. so for sure, you know, I got to get that podium and or at least a heat race win or something. And you know, AP is right behind me too, so it's uh you know AP can get it, and it can happen to anybody. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's uh every, everybody's been riding very very well on our team, and I think the team's been pretty happy about us. Mm -hmm. Nice, well, hey buddy, thanks for coming on again, and uh, <clears throat> good luck in Indy and rest of the season thanks appreciate it guys thanks for watching be sure to like and subscribe and uh keep your eye on number 27 that's right